I'm not sure um, what kind of season you find yourself in at this moment, but I can tell you for me personally, I resonate so much with that song that we just sang um, called Seasons because it's just a beautiful reminder to me and to my family and to all, all of you that regardless of what kind of season we're facing, God is at work. And God is using even the harshest of seasons to grow us and to clear some space in our lives for the light of Jesus, not only to shine in us, but to shine through us. And one of the biggest things that that I have found to be comforting and even assuring during this particular season of Christmas is the many names that are given to Jesus in the Bible. I spoke a few weeks ago about some of those names, Wonderful Counselor and Mighty God, Everlasting Father and Prince of Peace. I, I love those names. However, the name that, that, that I really believe means the most to me right now during this particular season is found in the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 1. Matthew writes this, he says, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. An angel of the Lord appears to Joseph in a dream, and he tells him, to take Mary for his wife because the child that was, was conceived in her was from the Holy Spirit. And the angel tells Joseph that they are to call this child Emmanuel, which means God with us. Now, I want you to notice, if you saw it on the screen or if you have a Bible in front of you, that this statement is actually a quote. Because in verse 22, Matthew tells us that everything that is taking place in this moment is actually a fulfillment of what the Lord has spoken by a prophet. That means that verse 23 is a fulfillment of something that had been previously predicted or prophesied. That that prophecy comes from the Old Testament book of Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14 where Isaiah writes, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Matthew chapter 1 verse 23 is a fulfillment of Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14. In other words, Isaiah wrote these words that I just read to you well over 700 years before they actually happened. God was going to send a child into the world through a virgin birth and he would be given this name Emmanuel which means God with us. And that is the message of Christmas. Jesus was sent into the world to be God with us. And for 33 and a half years, God made his presence here on earth through his son Jesus. And because of this incredible event, not only does he still inhabit the earth through the powerful presence of his Holy Spirit, but he lives in our lives as well. Jesus is still with us. Emmanuel, God is with us. Well, long before Jesus was born in Bethlehem, and right after Isaiah wrote his prophecy, there was another prophet who is not as well known as Isaiah, by the name of Zephaniah, who also spoke of God being with us. Zephaniah penned some very powerful words to a nation that had turned their back on God. The people of Israel and their kings had given themselves over to to, uh, idol worship and making sacrifices to pagan gods. And so for the people of Israel, this was a season of judgment. This was a season of darkness. It was a a season of fear and of gloom and of pain. And in chapter 3, Zephaniah begins to speak a message of hope and a message of love and of joy over the people of Israel in that day that that would include a prophecy not only for God's people in a future millennium, but also for us here today. I want you to listen to how he he starts off this message. In Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 17, he says, 
the Lord your God is with you. Zephaniah introduces a powerful message of hope to God's people in not only the past, but in the present and in the future. And it was the promise of Emmanuel, God with us. So what does that mean? What does the word, the name Emmanuel mean to us today? Well, it means, first of all, that God is with us through every season of life. For the people hearing these words during the time of Zephaniah, I want you to know those, these words brought tremendous relief. Very much like us, they, they needed to know that in the difficult seasons that, that they were walking through, God had not left them. God was still with them. And there are so many people today inside this building, outside these walls, who are walking through tough seasons right now. 2020 has been a season of uncertainty. It's been a season of loss. It's been a season of, of isolation. It's been a season of loneliness. It's been a season of setbacks and, and cancellations and disappointments and and seasons of discouragement, and for, for many people, a uh, um, season of despair, season of fear. But here's the truth. God sent Jesus as the promise that he would be with us, with you, during any season that you might be going through in life. I love what Zephaniah says next. He says, not only is God with us, but then he says that he will take great delight in you. In his love, he will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. Now just imagine for a moment what a relief it was for the people of this day to hear these life-giving words from God's prophet. And the truth for all of us here today is that because of Jesus, God still delights over you. The thought of you being in his presence for all of eternity makes him want to sing. What exactly does that mean? Well, think of the person for just a moment that you enjoy being with the very most. I mean, you, just, you would rather be with that one person than anyone else in the whole world. This past Saturday, um, my wife and I, Amy, we, we celebrated 28 years of being married together. And like we, yes, it needs to be applauded and <laughs> celebrated. Like, you know, like, like we normally do, I took her to one of her favorite restaurants, an Italian restaurant. She loves Italian food. And, and we sat there and we ate and we talked. And I, and I thought back as we were sitting there and as I was looking at her, I thought back to a word of advice that my dad gave me several years before I met Amy about how to find a wife. And he, he told me, he said, son, he said, find a girl who you want to be with every day of your life. Every moment, every day of your life. And when you find that girl, marry that girl. And that's exactly what I did. I found a girl that I wanted to be with every day of my life. I want to be with her all the time. I just, I delight in her presence. She makes me want to sing. Sometimes she doesn't like all the things that I'm singing, but, I, but she, she makes me want to sing. And here's the truth about God. As much as I love hanging out with Amy, it pales in comparison to how much God enjoys being with one of his children. The Bible tells us that, that he enjoys your presence. He delights in you as a person. The thought of you being with him throughout all of eternity causes him to want to break out in song. Why? How, how could that be? How could it be that the God of the universe feels that way about me? Well, this is an important truth of just knowing Jesus personally. God not, God not only loves you, but he likes you. God not only loves you, but he likes you. Now, I want to ask you an important question here this afternoon. How do you picture God? 
What, what is the, the image that comes into your mind when you think of God? Do you see him as this large, overbearing, monstrous figure that, that, it, that always has his arms folded in disgust when, when he's thinking about you? And, and, and he has a, this mean, angry face that's just waiting to scold you with rebuke? Or, or do you see him as a loving father who's, whose arms are always open wide, who is willing to forgive you, who's willing to restore you, who, who is wanting to speak words of life over you. See, that is an important question. That, the answer to that question determines how you live your life. It determines how you make your decisions. It determines how you see your future. Zephaniah 3.17, he, he, begin, he writes even further, he says, in his love he will no longer rebuke you. Some of the older translations of this same verse say, he will renew you by his love or he will quiet you by his love. That means that God has the ability to speak peace into not only your past, but also your present and your future, the future seasons of your life. Listen, I have found that nothing can take the place of being at peace, not only with God, but also being at peace with myself. I mean, it's just an incredible thing when you can be at peace with yourself. It's an incredible thing. It's a wonderful thing when you can have peace within your family, right? Especially at Christmas time. And, and it's even more amazing to be at peace with God. Isaiah said 700 years before Jesus was born that, that Jesus would come into the world as a prince of peace. And we all need peace in our lives right now, don't we? God sent his son Jesus to earth to bring the peace that we need. Here's what Jesus said he would give us. When he was talking to his disciples before he was getting ready to go to the cross, the disciples were distraught and they were just all confused about what Jesus was doing. And Jesus spoke these words to them in John 14. He said, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. And then he says, do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. What was Jesus doing here? He was promising a peace that would come with the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit in their lives. He was telling his disciples that in the midst of their trials, in the midst of their uncertainties, and in the midst of the storms of life that they were going to face in the future, he would still be with them. Jesus would be providing them a peace that would surpass all understanding. And it would guard not only their hearts, but it would guard their minds, it would guard their thoughts, it would bring peace to their life. The prophet Zephaniah says, in the midst of turmoil, he will quiet you with his love. He will give you peace. And we all need to experience God's peace in our life right now today. And God wants to help you to deal with your stress. He wants to walk with you through the turmoil of life. He wants to quiet you with his love. As a child of God, he is with you in every season. He delights in you. He rejoices over you. He not only loves you, but he likes you. He is our peace. That's why the gospel is called good news. That's why it's a great truth for us right now during this season of Christmas. So Emmanuel, God with us, means that God is, is, is with us and he's walking with us through every season of life. But it also means that God has made a way to take care of your greatest needs. Now that doesn't mean that God is going to play Santa Claus and load you up with wealth and, 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 and meet every material possession that your heart desires, but it does mean that he promises to take care of the needs in your life that only he can take care of. You say, what, what, what are the needs that only God can take care of? Well, we all need forgiveness of sin. Every person in this room, every person watching online needs forgiveness of sin. Zephaniah 3.15, here's what he says. He says, the Lord has taken away your punishment. 
Now here's a fact of life. We have all sinned. We have all messed up. We have all hurt people. At times we've compromised our integrity. We've cut corners that shouldn't have been cut. We've said hurtful things that shouldn't have been said. We have done things that we shouldn't have done. We've done things to even damage our own lives. Every one of us in this room at some point in time has sinned, has messed up. And going back to the prophet Isaiah, I love what he says as as a prophecy about Jesus and about us. He says, we all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way and the Lord has laid on him being Jesus the iniquity of us all. In other words, we all have sinned and because of that we all need forgiveness and the good news is that God wants to forgive us today. He sent Jesus to make a way for that to happen. And not only does God want to forgive us, but he wants to actually take away the guilt and shame of our sins. Isaiah writes in chapter 1, verse 18, he says, Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are as red as crimson, they shall be like wool. And some of you are struggling with today with the idea that God could actually forgive you. That he could somehow or another forgive the sins in your past that, 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 that just keep holding you in bondage. But Isaiah writes this in chapter 53, verse 5. He says, but he, being Jesus again, was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And I love this. It says, by his wounds we are healed. God sent his son to forgive you. And he wants to forgive you so much that he sent his son Jesus here to earth as a child only to grow up as a man to one day die on a cross for your sins. And his death on the cross paid the price not only for your sins but for the sins of all mankind. The punishment that you deserve, that I deserve, Jesus paid for you. That means that there's absolutely no way that we could undo all of this junk in our lives on our own. No way we could do it. There's no way that we could shake up all of the things or shake out all of the, the things where we've, where we've spoken ill of someone or, or we've lied or the times that we've been selfish or prideful or times that we've just hurt other people. We couldn't undo all of that stuff even if we wanted to. But the good news is that God not only wants to forgive those things, But he wants to remove the stain of those things out of our lives forever. He wants to blot it out and make your sin record, the Bible says, white like winter snow. Do any of us in this room deserve that kind of mercy? Absolutely not. We have done absolutely nothing to merit that kind of treatment. And yet God desires to free you from your past sins. You say, why? Well, as far as I can see in this book up here, the only thing that makes sense is his love. He loves you. John 3.16 says, For God so loved you, so loved the world, that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but will have eternal life. Internal, eternal life. We all need forgiveness, and out of love for us, God provided a way for us to receive it. Here's another thing that we all need. We all need protection from the dangers of life. We live in a tough cruel world that is full of evil, full of sin, full of things that are designed to destroy us and to take us out. We live in a world where viruses are, are, can run rampant and shut us down. And we need protection and we need, a, and we need somebody who can be in our life that is a protector. And God has appointed himself to be the protector of his children. Look at, look at how Zephaniah describes him in verse 17. He says, The Lord your God is with you. And then he goes on to say, the mighty warrior who saves. Now, I love this. 
When the angel came to Joseph in a dream in Matthew chapter 1, he told him that the baby would be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. But right before he told him that, he said that Joseph was to name the child Jesus, which means the Lord saves. In other words, God was sending his son into the world to save his people from their sins. God was sending a mighty warrior into the world to rescue us from a godless eternity called hell. But Jesus would also be a warrior that would protect us and defend us in the everyday battles of life. Zephaniah writes in verse 15, he has turned back your enemy. The Lord, the King of Israel, is with you. Never again will you fear any harm. Listen, that's the clear idea of Emmanuel, God with us. He goes on into verse 19 and he writes, At that time I will deal with all who oppressed you. I will rescue the lame and gather those who have been scattered. I will give them praise and honor in every land where they have suffered shame. Now remember this for a moment. This is a promise to Israel for the future. But it's also a promise to all who call upon the name of Jesus as the Savior of their lives. Zephaniah says, God will fight our battles for us. He promises to to take care of us and to protect us. That means that we're not victims. Regardless of what's going on in the world right now today, as followers of Jesus, we are not victims. And as we look at our lives, God promises to settle all scores on our behalves. And some of you have been through very difficult circumstances in your past. For some of you, Christmas is not a joyful time because it just brings back painful memories of painful experiences. But God promises to settle all scores on our behalf. That means that we don't have to live in the past because God has rescued us from our past. We don't have to try to settle old accounts. We don't have to to spend our lives seeking out revenge on those who have wronged us. God promises to make sure that all wrongs are ultimately righted. He will take care of it because he promises to be our protector. So Emmanuel, God with us, means that God gives us exactly what we need at the right moment. And we all need forgiveness over past, present, future sins. We all need his protection. And he wants to meet the needs in your life that only he can meet today. He wants to give you forgiveness and he wants to protect you. And then finally, the promise of Emmanuel, God with us, reminds us that God has a plan for our future. I love that. Verse 20 of Zephaniah 3 says, at that time, God says, I will gather you. At that time, I will bring you home. I will give you honor and praise among all the peoples of the earth when I restore your fortunes before your very eyes, says the Lord. Now again, this is a future promise to his children. He says that whatever has happened to you one day, I will make it right. Whatever has been taken from you one day, it will be restored to you. Listen to how Jeremiah, another prophet in the Old Testament, describes the character of God towards his children. He says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Jeremiah says God has a future for us. He has plans for us. Our future is not in weak feeble hands. Our future is held in the strong, mighty hands of God. And not some God who is far off and distant, but a God who actually wants to be with us. Zephaniah tells us in this passage that God is with us. The prophet Isaiah told us 700 years before Jesus was actually born that God was going to send into the world a God who would be with us. But if you look throughout Scripture, 
you see it played out over and over and over again. He's always been Emmanuel. He's always been God who is with us. He was with Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden when he was just walking and talking with them. When Noah was shut up in the ark for over a year, it was God who was, guide, who was with him, guiding him to safety. He was with Moses in the burning bush, in the pillar by day, in the cloud by night. He told Joshua, he said, no one would be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. He says, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never forsake you and I will never leave you. He was with David when David penned these words, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you are with me. He was with John the Baptist from inside the womb of his mother Elizabeth. And the day that Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit, he became God with us in the physical sense. That's why the angel told Joseph in Matthew chapter 1 verse 23, he said, And they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Listen, God did not send his son here to earth to have a remote, distant relationship with you. He actually came close. He wants to be close with you. He wants to walk very intimately with you through every season of your life. He wants to meet the needs in your life that only he can meet. And he wants to reveal to you the plan that he has for your future. So what should your response be to him on this day, on Christmas Eve? Here's what I want to ask you to do. Invite him into your life. You say, what does that mean? It just begins when we humbly come into the presence of God and we confess our need for a Savior. We confess our need for forgiveness of sin. It, it, is, the, it is in this moment that, that you also, you place your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ alone to be your personal Savior. Listen, Christmas means that God came near. It means that he sent his son Jesus to be God who is with us. So let's welcome God into the season of our lives. My hope this Christmas is that you will experience for maybe the first time in your life this God who delights in you. That you will experience for the first time his forgiveness and his protection and his peace and that you will let him shape every moment of your life into the future that he has designed and planned for you. I want to ask you for just a moment, if you would, to just bow your head. And if it just helps you to, to block out the distractions around you, if you could just close your eyes. And I want you to, to think about this. God sent his son into the world so that God could be near you, could be close to you, could be with you. Not just in a physical sense, but in a spiritual sense so that he could provide things for you that only he could do, forgiveness of sin, protection from the dangers of life, to know that you have a, a mighty warrior walking through life with you, someone who's guiding you, shaping your future. And tonight he offers an opportunity to have a personal relationship with him. It's only made possible by what Jesus did on the cross for your sins. And if that's where you are today, you're saying in your heart, yes, I would like that. I want you to pray with me, very, just silently in your heart. Just pray something like this. Lord, at this very moment, I come before you with a humble heart. And I confess to you the need for a Savior. 
I put all of my faith and all of my trust in Jesus to not only forgive me of my sins, to rescue me from a future without you, Lord, but I put my trust in him for salvation. What he did on the cross was absolutely enough to pay for all of my sins and to make things right between me and you. And so, Lord, I thank you that Jesus is Emmanuel, the God who is with us, but I thank you more than anything that he is with me at this very moment and that at this very moment, I now have a personal relationship with you. I receive, Lord, your gift of salvation into my life. With your head still bowed, I want to ask you, if you just prayed with me, and I I won't embarrass you, but I just want to recognize the fact that you prayed that with me. Would you just lift your hand up all over this auditorium if you just prayed that with me for, maybe it's the first time in your life or maybe it's the first time this has made sense to you. Would you just lift your hand up so so I can see where you are? Amen, amen. There have just been scores of people in all of our services who have made that decision. Now, this next step is so important. I I want to ask you if you would to get out your phone, get out your electronic device and just text the word follow to 770-222-2125 because we want to help you to take your next step in following Jesus. You're like, what does that mean? Well, you just made the most important decision of your life. There's nothing that even comes in second place to what you just did. And we want to help you to know what to do next. What does it look like to become a follower, a disciple of Jesus, to take your next step? We would, we would just be so honored to have that opportunity to be able to speak into your life in that way. But Lord, as we close off this part of our service, Lord, I thank you right now during this season, which has been so challenging in so many different ways that when you think about us, Lord, you delight over us. Lord, you, you actually want to quiet us with your love. Father, that, that when you think about us, Father, that, that you, your heart wants to break out in song, which is still hard for me to grab hold of sometimes. Lord, you provided for us forgiveness. You're a protector. Lord, and you've chosen to send your son Jesus to be our forgiver, our restorer, and our redeemer. And we cannot thank you enough. Thank you, Lord, that you have a plan for our future as well. We don't walk through this world, we don't walk through this life aimless. Lord, you have a plan for every one of us. And your promises, Lord, are as true in the time of Zephaniah, in the time of Jesus' birth, as they are today. And we're thankful for every one of those. And Lord, our response to that is to just worship you. And that's what we want to do right now. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.